I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm collaborating with Jeff Eichler of the Getting Unstuck Cultivating Curiosity Podcast. And we're talking with Daniel Prophet, Patrick Roberts, Jason Clevenger, and their creative teachers at Elizabethan High School in Tennessee. They were recognized as an XQ Super School. You will hear us talk about what that means, the resources they received, and what they do that is so different. And this is so cool. What an awesome talk. It's powerful. It's inspiring. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening. And and, and, by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you shared this podcast with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues. Could you do that for me? All you got to do is say, hey, you should be listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, the podcast, and uh, share the link with them. That would be so cool if you did that. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Hey, do you like awesome rings? Do you need a ring to replace one that you lost ages ago? Or... Do you need a new wedding band because yours is no longer fixable? Well, (laughs) I have this cool sponsor, Boone Titanium Rings. They can be found at boonrings.com. They make their rings from titanium, and you can get the rings carved, engraved, inlaid, laser cut. There's even special collections like the Hunter Series or the Gamer Rings or the Black Zirconium. Very cool. They have models that have meteorite, wood, or other inlays. Check out boonrings.com. And at checkout, use the code for my podcast. It's capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, and the number 12, T-L-L-K-12, and you will get 10% off the total, and you will help this podcast out. Thanks so much. I love my ring, and I know you will love yours. It's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Gentlemen, welcome to a, a, a dual episode podcast. Uh, Here's Jeff Eichler, that's me, with uh, Getting Unstuck, Cultivating Curiosity. Steve? And I'm Steve Maletto with Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, the audio podcast. This is very unusual for us. Steve and I have done a couple podcasts together, but we've never done uh, a podcast with three guests. So uh, we're really looking forward to this because it's going to enrich the discussion. Let's just quickly uh, introduce yourself, starting with Daniel, if you would. Just let, let our audience know a little bit about you. Sure thing. I'm Daniel Prophet. I've been an educator for close to 20 years. Um, I've actually never left the school system that I'm in. I graduated from here, did some volunteer work here. I guess I'm kind of an oddball in that aspect. Maybe I'll just die here. Who knows? Nice. Jason. Hey, I'm Jason Clevenger. This is my 10th year in education overall. This is my second, second real school system. Um, I teach computer science foundations and I have the extended reality program here, program of study. It's more or less like a virtual reality introduction to game development, game design. So very cool. And Patrick, um, I'm Patrick Roberts. Uh, I've, uh, been teaching for 17 years, uh, second school system. Um, I teach, uh, art, um, drawing, 
uh, our fundamentals, 3D design, and I actually partnered with uh, Jason and the XR um, classes. Okay, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, we wanted you on the podcast today because our focus uh, uh, is around um, how you are engendering curiosity on the part of your kids, um, how you're helping them to look beyond kind of um, uh, the traditional boundaries of four walls to be thinking differently. And uh, uh, Daniel, maybe you could start us off by talking about the demographics of the high school, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Elizabethan, first of all, is a really small town. We're about 13,000 people. That's probably pushing it. Uh, we're pretty rural here. Uh, a lot of surrounding farms, um, a lot of things like that. Our high school itself has approximately 850 students, and that fluctuates you know, anywhere between 800 and 860. A lot of these kids are on free and reduced lunch. I don't have the exact numbers for that, but you know, it's well above 50. Um, so you know, we just kind of live this small-town life here where everybody knows each other and everything. So it's it's interesting because I was introduced to you guys. Um, I had I had done some reading about an award that the the high school received, uh, the XQ Super School Award. If uh, if one of you could talk about that and maybe um, how that's reflected in the in the curriculum, school activities, and professional development, because uh, I just thought it was it was it was fascinating to read about what you all have done, how this came about. So uh, it's been five, six years ago when we actually applied for a grant. Our librarian was looking for some new flooring in his library. He had old carpet and everything. He came across this grant uh, from the XQ Corporation, who is, I think, it's Steve Jobs' widow who's running that. And it was uh, a, a thing to reinvent how we look at high school. So, uh, you know, the three of us, Alex Campbell, Dustin, and myself, we all got together and we said, well, let's try this. Let's see what we can do. And, well, we decided that the best way to look at it is through a kid's point of view. And the best way to get a kid's point of view is to ask the kids. So Alex was teaching uh, sociology at the time. I was teaching English. And, of course, Dustin was our librarian. And we kind of band together and his, his sociology students did tons of research on what would make a good school. They put everybody's opinion out there. We went as far as to, uh, you know, design like the physical structure of the building to like who would run the school as far as, you know, we would have students running maintenance and cafeteria work and everything like that. So the students would have been in charge. Uh, ultimately we didn't win the $10 million at first. You know, they gave away 10, 10 of those and, uh, so what we did win was Student Voice Award, and that got us $200,000, and it got all of the kids in the sociology class, I think, a $2,000 scholarship. Uh, so with that XQ, we started to work with them. We started two classes. We started entrepreneurship, and we started uh, community improvement. Alex taught entrepreneurship, and Dustin and I taught community improvement. And it was a great feeling to have these kids come in and – want to do something in their community and, and see a need for things. And so basically we turned it over to them and said, what do you guys want to fix? Where do you see the problems at? And so those classes took off for a couple of years and XQ saw what we were doing with them and they decided, Hey, we want to make you guys 
part of the super school uh, group and they funneled, I think it was $3 million into us. Um, so, you know, we've used, we've used that to start some classes to get some equipment. Uh, I think it helped lead to Jason's XR class. Uh, we started working with Labaki in, was it Mississippi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it just kind of grew from there. And, you know, we've, we've, we're moving now towards a project based model for education. Uh, it's, we're slow, but we're getting there. And, uh, that's one of the, that's one of the ways that we try to exemplify this curiosity and student agency is through this project based learning and things like that. And so what's been the, what was the reaction initially from the faculty that we were going to give kids more agency in, in designing what the school might look like in some of the courses that they might be exposed to? You know, when you're fighting tradition and things that seem to be working according to metrics that the state puts out, there's, there's always going to be this, are you sure we need to do this type thing? And we didn't know for sure whether we need to do it or not, but you know, we'd been teaching long enough to know that testing doesn't necessarily make a better student. And so administration got on board, you know, and it was just kind of well supporting, you know, we had our difficulties, we had things go wrong, of course, but overall it's kind of led us to where we are now. Jason, you're nodding. What's uh, how have other teachers been brought into this? How has it expanded over the last five years? I think, from my standpoint, I mean, I've benefited from uh, from getting a, a pretty up to date lab and state of the art lab. As you can see in the background, we have a we have Alienware software with with high end processors, so we can run Unreal Engine and Blender and so on and so forth. So that that benefited my program, but I think they gave us enough rope to where we could. Um, try this approach in our curriculum and not everything worked. I mean, obviously you, you got to try and fail at some of the lessons that we presented, but at some point you find what sticks and, and then students see that their creativity is actually being used and they see the things that they suggested to get the whole process started. They actually see that in action. So from my standpoint, I was able to apply that maybe more than others from being a, from being a, a CTE teacher, I, I have a little more freedom, but you know, that's it's it's an example for others as well that, you know, that we can do that in here and we can do some cross curricular exercises and then assignments and such. But um, it has to be a proven model. It has to you have to have that um, not necessarily just a testing metric. You have to see the results of what's being created and produced in order to um, make that a proven model that it works. So. And how have, how have kids responded? Overall, from my point of view, I think the kids, again, from just from a, just from a CTE uh, perspective, the kids love it. The kids love. Um, it's ironic that this is all about curiosity because it's like they change their mindset from, you know, can I do this or it's to a, should I do this? And then obviously the answer is typically yes. For me, is from a creative standpoint, from a game design standpoint, or from a three D modeling standpoint, you know, we don't restrict them. So they've they give them that voice not only within the school within the walls of school making decisions on how the school may or may not be run but within their assignments we patrick and i especially give them freedom on their um 
on their models. Like, you know, should I do this? I don't know. Try and see, see what happens, you know, instead of, no, we can't do that. That's, that's not where we're going with this. Like it's, it's just changed their mindset. So they, they're really open to this model because of that. They've never up until that point, did they, were they ever given enough freedom um, that they could actually exemplify their, their task or their, their talents. So I will say that this changing of the mindset is really difficult because they've gone through sometimes 11 years of education and we have to help them unlearn, you know, you don't necessarily need the A or you don't necessarily need to be told what to do. And some kids struggle with that and some kids take off with it. So, you know, a lot of times you'll see these straight A students, they kind of, kind of flip out a little bit because, you know, this is different. This is weird. And this is going to affect their GPA. Well, maybe, but you'll be better off for it. But the, the students who, you know, have floundered or they're going through a different course, they're not going college level or whatever. They're like, Oh yeah, let's do this. So I, I got to ask you guys a question. Um, so as you're working towards this and you're, you're running into the kids with their thoughts and, uh, um, and I totally understand that some of the kids are like, just tell me what to do, man. Mm-hmm. The, um, what about you guys? I mean, I mean, how is this different for for what's gone on before? How is it different for you? I mean, how, how do you interact with each other? I think we, we call kind of, it's, I won't call us like we've joked and called ourselves the, uh, the wolf pack or the outsiders. Uh, but we, we bounce these ideas off of each other. Like, you know, what's crazy. You, you ever thought about this? And we're like, yeah, all the time, you know, so we'll bounce ideas off each other and uh, you know, collectively, you know, we'll, we'll pinpoint some things that are, we know our strong suits and, you know, we know our weaknesses as well, but we kind of bounce these ideas off each other to see, Hey, I'll try this. You try it this way. You try it that way. And we'll see, we'll see what works. Then we present it to our kids. And some of those ideas flop. Um, but the kids kind of respect us. We build enough rapport with the kids like, Hey, we're going to try this today. If this works, it's going to be an awesome idea. If it doesn't, it never happened, you know, kind of thing. So, uh. but we bounce it off each other and we have enough support within our departments or with throughout the building of those of us who, who, who have this approach or have the ability to have this approach to where, you know, we, we kind of learn from each other and learn from our mistakes and, and we're constantly changing our curriculum or not necessarily the whole, not the whole thing, but like constantly changing how we present things, adding to it, taking away from it. Um, so that I think that helps as well. And it helps us, you know, especially with profit and I teaching this kind of the same thing from 3d modeling or Robert's having the art background and, and presenting things to me. Uh, we, we're in constant communication with, yeah, this needs to be tweaked. This doesn't need to be tweaked or when you add to this, take away from this, uh, kind of thing. So, uh, there's a few of us that stick together and constantly in, com- in uh, communication with each other on what what we want to do next. So um, Steve and I are old history teachers. <laughs> and you notice I didn't say former. I said old. <laughs> he said old, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, how does it, how, how, are, how have they reacted? How, you know, your science teachers, your history teachers, your math teachers to this idea of giving kids greater agency? I would say for the most part, it's been a positive reaction. Um, We're always trying to balance this act of here's your test and let's not worry about the test and do some stuff where you're going to learn. There for a while we had history and English working together uh, as a dual class so that you were taking more of a humanities approach. Um, in science, I know some of the teachers have taken on like investigations in science or we had one do a quick well, not a quick, but it was a semester-long study in poison. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, I think it's difficult for them, especially if they're more set in their ways. Like, I mean, I'm, I've got 20 years experience on me, but I've never been one to say, I don't want to try that. I'm a former English teacher myself. So I understand, you know, the testing is big, but for the most part, I would say we've been pretty open and we've, I've seen them try some things that normally they wouldn't try. I, I would say people, they're trying now. Does it always happen? Probably not all the time. Um, but there's been quite a few times where I, I was a form. I was a math teacher before a former math teacher. So in the math department, they would try something, um, working with different levels. Um, there was a time when, uh, algebra one worked with our pre-calculus students, the pre-calculus students, uh, basically tutored them and then had a kind of a, a math bowl type competition. Um, and then they did some, I think, uh, to a science and a math teacher combined to, to do some experiments and things like that. So I don't, so they've, I, they've been open to it. Um, again, I think they're having the tests, um, reduces the amount of time they're willing to put towards it. Um, so, and, and, you know, and maybe it, if it doesn't work great, they are maybe a little hesitant to try it again or try something else because of, of that time constraint. But can you know, one of the things I got to ask you, do, you, do you see a difference in how the kids react? Because they, if they see you guys working together, coming up with planning or, or, or designing things. I mean, does it have an impact on them? No, anytime I think that we're more authentic and we allow ourselves to make mistakes, then they can feel like they can make a mistake, which mm. is, is big for things in my class. Uh, they see us talking things over. Or they see us, you know, working as a unit. They're like, huh, well, maybe I need some other people who have different strengths as well. So, yeah, when kids can see you being authentic and you struggling through something or you trying to figure something out, they're more willing to do that. Mm. I agree. Um, <clears throat> you know, and being, being you know, one of the art teachers here, I, you know, I'll, I'll draw with them. And then I'll set it up and ask their their opinion of what they think. What should I do differently? I'm, I don't like this. What do y'all think about it? Um, so and and it's 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 not. A, I don't want a. Uh, oh, it's great! It's great! You know, I'm like, no. What's what's really? What do you what do you guys think? Um, so and to tell them not to compare themselves to anybody else. It's just you. Compare yourself this, to yourself. I did the same thing when I was an English teacher. I do the same thing now. So when the kids were riding, I was riding, and they had no clue what I was riding, but I would mix all the papers together, and I said, here you go. Let's judge these, and let's critique, and always trying to get better. Even now, when I, so I teach digital arts now, and I'll turn the smart board on, or, and I'll hook my computer up to it, and I'll be working to just right alongside of them. They'll see me struggling and making all kinds of mistakes, and then, I, then they'll see my eureka moment, and they're like, okay, he's got it. Mm-hmm. You know, as you guys are talking, I'm remembering when I when I taught history, we did not have these tests hanging over us that you all have, that you and your colleagues have. And there was no there was no end of course test. There was no big end of year test. And in in our history class, I team taught with a couple of guys. We did some crazy things. I mean, we you know, we we were able to open up our two rooms, we had a sliding door between our two rooms. We opened those up and we actually used the floor, which was a tile floor, black and white tile floor. We actually used that to build a risk game around World War II. And 
the the toughest kid that we had never been able to get through wanted to be Adolf Hitler. Because, <laughs> you know, it was a it was a power thing. But I can honestly say he learned he learned a ton about fighting a, a two front war and and it was all there on the floor. All the kids, all the kids had a position on the floor. But you know that. How do you reflect that in a, in an end of course test? You know. But to your um, to your mission statement, build a culture of learners to think and act as change makers. And what our goal was was to get kids to think. There's not really a question attached to this. It's just you guys are making me think, you know, about the about that environment. Um, back to Steve's point, though, can you can you um, each of you talk about the classes that you're teaching, how you develop or unleash student curiosity, and then talk specifically about a kid. You don't have to mention their name, but maybe how they've responded and and um, and grown a little bit because they've had greater freedom. So uh, I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about first my English part. And then what I teach now is digital arts. I teach yearbook. I also have audiovisual production. So it's, it's a broad spectrum that I'm going. But in uh, English, I got the chance to teach senior English. And I've always, ne I've never, I've told them that we don't write essays in this class. Like essays are formulaic and they're, they kill creativity. So you're going to have to decide what to write. Now, if they chose to wrote journalism or they, so I've had journalism, uh, poetry, short stories, you know, just whatever they wanted to write. I said, yeah, let's do it. And so one, one quick story from somebody in my class there was he came up to me and goes, I want you to, I want to tell you a story without words. And I was intrigued and I was like, okay, how are you going to do that? He goes, well, I'm going to make this flip book and I'm going to let you see the story and we had just been watching uh, Pixar in a box. They, they're, you know, they have their storytellers take you through their storytelling process. And he's like, I want to do a flip book. I'm like, let's try it. He came up with this amazing story of this bird who couldn't fly, this little kiwi that couldn't fly. And he flipped through, he had to flip through it. And unfortunately, when you have to make changes to that story, you got to redraw stuff and you figure that out quickly. But, but now I teach digital arts and design and I teach AV production. And the biggest thing that I try to do is I try not to say no. If you come up to me and you say, I'm going to try this, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? We start over. Um, but I've had kids who leave my class, they start their own photography business. We actually built some posters for Jason's uh, computer science class. I think it was computer science. Was that the one? Uh, the one I have on my wall now is for XR. Yeah, XR. <laughs> uh, we're actually running the streaming for the football games and basketball games at the school now, all student led. Uh, and all I did was say, here, here's the camera. Let's figure this out. And I try not to, I try never to say no to them as far as something like that goes. I have um, <clears throat> kind of the same, kind of the same thing. We, we, I have computer science foundation. So we, we focus more on my program of study. Of course we have state standards, so I can, I covered the state standards, but maybe some of them not as deep as, as most curriculum would be, but I kind of focus more onto the game development, game design only because that's where my program of study goes. So like prophet said, I don't have a lot of 
I don't, I don't get to tell kids no a lot because they're like, you know what would be cool? What if, what if we, what if, what if I could do this? What if my character had this ability or what if, what if I made a game that did this? Cause maybe they've never played a game like that or they're basing it off of a game of their choice that they liked before. And I'm like, okay, go for it. And I'm like, really? I can get a grade for making a game or I can get credit for making a game. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it catches them off guard for a little bit. And then that, that starts from like, so we use a program in computer science called flow lab, uh, flow It's very basic. It's 2d it's platform base. It's about little pixelated sprites and you can make them do whatever. Um, but it's, it's still, it's still entry level drag and drop code, but it plants that seed then for when they get to XR one, they're in unreal engine and they can make this little 2d character become a, a three dimensional character. And by that point, you know, there's really no answer. There's really no no's because Unreal Engine can do essentially anything you'd want. Then if they, you know, when they make it to that class, they have Patrick and I, and, you know, we give them, we give them basic 3D model assignments, you know, creating a food item, a furniture item, a character, a face, um, learning some basic animations. And we've kind of find their niche of where they want to go with it. Um, and they're like, well, what if I, you know, I know this tutorial did this, or I know you showed us this, but what if I did this? And we're like, okay try it. you know it's just it just they 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 take it and they go places that that i would never go my imagination is not what it used to be i can show them the skills i can i can give them recommendations but um and patrick will probably echo this they go they take it so far beyond where we would go um and what we anticipate we've actually used some of students work from my past classes as now a requirement for the course because they found this or this to, to help um, to help make the course. And then a specific student example would be um, in the introduction earlier, we talked about partnering with this company in Mississippi. Uh, and I had a student who he was, he was, he was an okay student at best, but by the time that he went through my program, he found his love for, for game development, game design and animations and, and uh, designing three dimensional environments in unreal. And he actually ended up with an internship with that company. Um, and he ended up being one of the developer leads based on his skill set. He was the only one uh, at this time with no college experience. Uh, he was very qualified for this position. He ended up being one of the developer leads. And as a freshman and sophomore, he, he very, he, he was, he struggled mightily with his classes, with his, with his testing levels and so on and so forth. But when he got in here, he learned, you know, C plus plus and, and learned how to code and understood how, you know, how the coding world worked. And he ended up, probably making a career out of it. maybe not what the company is now, but he recently signed up for the air force. And I think he's really going to really going to go places with his, with his background he has here. I think profit had him as well. Yeah. Um, but he's just, he just excelled and it took, it took giving him freedom. He, he was, he was not a great student, but when he was given the choice of like, Hey, why don't do what you want to do for once? So, so let me see what you've got. And then that's when he excelled and no one had ever gave him that, never, never given him that choice before. So when he was given that, he, he really excelled in it. And it's may not see those results immediately, but the future's bright for that kid. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Patrick, how about you? Oh, um, I mean, I'm just like the other two guys, like, like Jason and, and, and Daniel, I don't say no. Um, we start off very, very traditional, um, I teach it like a college class. We start off with still lifes. Um, I have all sorts of objects I set up. And then, you know, after the first one, it's you get to take your picture, uh, take a, use, use your camera, your phone camera, everything else, take a picture. And then you're drawing it um, to hit those ideas of it's okay if you're not as good as somebody else. 
Um, it's okay to not be successful. It's okay to not have a great project every every time. Um, and then we go to it's a it's a prompt. Um, let's see. I want to land. I want some type of uh, surface and populate that surface. And that's all you have. That, that's the only thing you things you have to go for. And it's just what they come up with and what they do, the surfaces they come up with, um, all this other stuff, different things like that. Um, I did a project. Was it last year, Jason, where it was, uh, I, we had three, like three or four objects. I had a, 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 a location, um, and two other things. I can't remember what they were. And they, you know, they, and they drew them out of the hat. So the class put them together. So one was a star and it had to have a, uh, a door and, uh, flagpole or something like that and they had to create a drawing using those three things those, those three things had to be in them but anything else could be in them at the same time but they just had to have those three elements so they got to incorporate them however they wanted to um and you know so it's all about you know median it's up to you 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 know we might start in pencil i introduce charcoal pastels and then after that um it's what you what do you want to do um how do you want to create it? Do you want to, you know, uh, I've had some kids doing spray paint pieces. They, they take them outside and they're, they're, they're making planets and stuff using spray paint. Um, so, you know, uh, individual students, that's hard. Um, cause I mean, I just, the ones that come in and they say they can't draw. And by the time they come out, they're like, this is, this was a fun class. And then they, then uh-huh. they could, then, then, then they come back and take another one. And I'm like, I thought I got rid of you. What is <laughs> like, What are you doing here? <laughs> Didn't you take enough pain and ridicule from this? And then they're like, Oh, we really like that. So, I mean, it's hard to say one student. Um, I've had a, a couple students, uh, one student who took the class as a senior cause she, that was a requirement. And next, you know, she went down to Charleston and uh, majored in like, what was it? some type of architecture that architectural his historical architecture and was in drawing classes and stuff like that. So, you know, that was, that was pretty neat because she didn't think she was that creative. And, you know, um, so um, I just think it's, it's the fact of, you know, like I said, we have freedom and we give them freedom. Um, you know, they, they're not locked to the chair when they're in my room, they can get up, move around, they, whatever they need, they know where it's at. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm trying not to restrict them at all. Um, so Patrick also had a 36 year old English teacher who was taking his class as well. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I use, I use Daniel's as, yeah. as an example. He was, he, he started doing the still life and the first one. He used a ruler <laughs> and I sent it back and said, we don't use rulers in here. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, no. And then the next one, it was like, wow, it's so much better and then with the ruler which surprises us the kids too i need a straight line nothing straight excellent so so i gotta i gotta ask you a question so, and that kind of leads into what where i was what i was thinking about uh you know so you, as you guys are working on stuff and things like this i mean it's got to be a lot easier if you just get to tell them what to do um so is it can it be sometimes challenging to you to not kind of pop into that and listen to their ideas or is it, uh, I mean, you know, what's that like when you're, you're kind of like, do I go with this or do I go to where I really would rather go? (laughs) Uh, For me, it's always been better than telling them what to do because one, I'm going to get bored looking at the same thing over and over again and trying to, and and when I was an English teacher, by the time I got to the last paper, I was like, Oh my goodness, everybody gets an A and everybody gets an F. So now it's like 
I'm walking around talking to kids all the time. I'm, I'm butting in their conversations. Hey, what are you doing there? And they're proud to show me what they're doing. And they're, some of them are like, Oh, you can't see it just yet. I'm like, Oh, come on. You know, and we joke around like that. But for me, it's always been, but yeah, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking what they're going to do, but I've never had the issue of, you know, somebody doing something that is going to ruin anybody's life or anybody's career. Uh, they, they, if it's controversial, they often ask, Hey, should I be doing this? And I always say, well, are you doing it with purpose? Are you doing it intentionally? Then go for it. I got your back. Don't worry about it. You know, English was always like, is it okay if my character cusses? I'm like, would your your character cuss in real life? Yeah, go ahead and go for it. Or in in the arts right now, is it okay if uh, we include this image? Well, if you have a purpose behind it, I know Patrick and I talk a lot about this intentionality. Like, yeah, let's go for it if it's intentional and you have to have a purpose for it. So for me, taking my hands off has just been so much more relaxing, actually. I think for the kids, they're worried that they're going to get in trouble. I get, <laughs> can I can I do can I draw cigarettes? I'm like, I don't care. It's fine. Is 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 it artistic? You know, I mean, I don't want just a pack of cigarettes. Is is is, is the person smoking? Okay, that's 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 okay. That doesn't bother me. Um, you know, if or you know, some of them you know, might be on the dark, dark edge. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything, but if you have like three or four drawings of that same type, I might go, Hey, what's going on? Um, anything you need to want to talk about, but it's, you know, I, I look at some of the stuff that I create myself. And if some people might look at that and go, he needs help. Um, which is probably true because, you know, math and art for multiple years. Um, but you know, it's, it's just being creative. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not even the, the kids, the, the person who's making the, the, the really dark, depressing piece is not depressed at all. It's just, that's a way, an outlet for them. Right. Um, you know, I look at it as I, I tell them, I go use, if, if you get anything out of class, you know, artist therapy, you know, create some create, create being creative can be therapeutic that you can just, it, you can just lose yourself in whatever it is. And it's not, then you don't go and do something, make a decision that could change your life instead of destroying a piece of paper or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think it was, I, I, when I, when I, I, there was times when I taught art first period, second period, I taught geometry. So I had a five minute break to go from an art mind to a math mind. Um, that was exhausting. Um, but it was, it was, it was hard to go from that relaxed state to, I have to have it. Now it's like this very structured math class that I have to get from point A to point B and this like that, um, which was always somewhat lucid for me because if I didn't get so far, I stopped. It's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it was, Tighten back up. That was the hard part for me in in that scenario. To, 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 to let them have freedom, it's I don't know. It just it just it just felt right um, to do that. That's that's too cool. That's it's awesome. <laughs> I, so I got to I got to ask this: that, um, How do you guys impact each other in in being creative? I mean, do you does it uh, do you do you see that it has something by you talking with each other and stuff like this or uh, and uh, I kind of want to go from there into um, where the administration would play a role in uh, helping to be creative. So how do you guys impact each other? And then let's go that route of talking about um, 
how the administration can help you, encourage you, and uh, make it happen? I think, I mean, I guess it's uh, some of it's a little bit like the, the competitor in you, a little bit like, you know, if Daniel's doing something like, I, I want to do that, you know, or, you know, we're almost not, it's not that we're trying to outdo each other, but like we have, we have the right mindset, but like he tries something cool and I'm, we, I want to do the same thing or I, you know, we have a lot of the same kids as well. So I think part of mine is I can adopt some teaching or, and uh, project strategies from me, from him and find a way to apply. You know, it's not that, um, like I said, everything doesn't work, but like, I know if that approach worked for him doing this project, it'll work for me doing this way. Uh, and Roberts and I have tried with this other class, this is your, three of the xr2 course and uh, it's still brand new um so we look for ideas frequently from each other and and try to almost steal each other's ideas and or you know sometimes we share everything sometimes it's like i did this and it didn't work so don't do that kind of thing um but you know i think it's some of it's just constant learning you know lifelong learners and and wanting to be better at what you did for the kids obviously but um, I think the kids like that change as well, you know, because they know going into my level from level one to level two, they know we were going to do some of the stuff in here, but it's going to be a brand new curriculum next year to an extent. There's going to be brand new lessons, brand new projects. Um, I have kids frequently in and out of my room that like, oh, I took this class last year, but we didn't do that. That looks cool. So it's it's because that we communicate with each other and we try and, and uh, bounce ideas off and, and go from there. So. And so much humorous, you know, we have a good time. Nothing, nothing we do <laughs> behind the scenes in, in group texts is, is humorous. We constantly make fun of, of each other's ideas, but yeah, that, so then when, then we go and try it. So that'll never work, but then we'll, we'll, we'll slide it into our next lesson. Nice. Yeah. The idea of a sounding board is, is really a good thing for me, but also I've always loved seeing someone who first of all loves what they're doing. And second of all, is good at it. So like with Patrick and his art, I'm like, Oh man, I got to take this class from this guy or, like Cleb and his XR guys, I'm like, can my guys come? Like, can we can we do this in your class? Can we, can you know? Can I get Blender in my you know? So it's all this like I I just love watching people who are passionate about something and they're just good at it. And then the idea that I've got somebody who can either tell me, man, I don't know about that idea, or hey, yeah, I'm gonna steal that and let me try it. So sometimes I gotta I gotta someone's gotta rope me in and say, whoa, you might not want to do that. You know, so it's good to have those guys to do that. Excellent. That's cool. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that, so one of the things I ask you is what about administration? How, how can administration be part of, um, part of helping it possible for you to be creative with the kids and, and the kids to be creative and so forth, you know? Um, I mean, what do you think about that? What, if you were to give advice to a school and say, you know, say, man, this has been awesome. This is what we've been doing, but, you know, if I were to tell you that you really got to have this from your administration to help you do it, what, what would that be? Uh, I'll just start with the, an example of what happened is last year I decided that grades were hindering my students learning and grades were hindering their creativity. So I asked my principal, I said, Hey, I want to go gradeless and I want to give them one grade at the end of the semester. And you guys are going to come, administration is going to come in they're going to look at a portfolio and my students are going to have to prove their work like they would a dissertation. And my principal looked at me and he said, go for it. He said, your class leads to it. Let's, let's try it and see. So the, you know, trusting us as 
professionals who are, are if we can step outside the box and think out that think outside the box and be that way, our kids are going to start doing that way too. And it's pretty soon it becomes infectious, you know, throughout the school and everybody's want to try something. Uh, but that support and that, I guess, again, like we, our mentality is let's don't say no, unless it's completely off the wall. You know, we don't want anything like we're going to march our kids down the road without parental supervision or whatever. But if, if administration is going to be there and say, okay, I'm going to back you up on this. Let's, let's support you and you're going to be the professional and I trust you, your judgment. That's a big, big help for me. I agree. I mean, we have, I think it's still, it may not be, you know, pen and paper results, but I think they still want to receive the results. Like if we come to them, like when I, I have my own program of study. So when we presented that idea, I'm like, okay, then, then do it. Uh, But just know it has to include this, 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 and this. And then when it's time to show the work or show the results for the students, then, then show me, you know, it's, there was no, and I think part of that, part of our approach, not telling the students no is because rarely does the administration tell us no, but they want to see that result one way or the other. So for us, it could be, um, you know, if, if I say we're going to create this 3d model for this or this example of this, then I need to back that up. But the kids like that responsibility too. They like having their name, um, on, on something like, you know, we've created this, well, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so created this project. They like seeing their name on it, like seeing it on display. That may be a graphic on the scoreboard or that may be a um, a link to the, one of their games online. I can send out and have other students play. And the fact that they're getting six, 700 plays on it, that it's kind of went viral for them. That's their, that's their affirmation that it's okay. So for us, it's the same. You know, if I present those ideas, then I need to kind of back up my, back up the idea with the, with the data or with the, the metrics behind it. So. As yeah. long as I do that, it seems like I have support. So, yeah, so I, the administration. I mean, they they've actually come and presented. Given uh, it was last year when we did the did the front office, they came to my three uh, D my three D design class and said, "Hey, um, we want you guys to do this." I um, mean, that was to help design how things were going to flow in that room and. Um, you know, what they could put in there furniture wise and also other stuff is totally not what the, you know, really 3D design. It's more of a sculpture class, but we worked on that. They presented. Um, so they're even come, you know, they, they're coming with things that are happening in the building. So the students are having their fit, their hands are in it. They're there. They can take some ownership. Um, and then even just support from like our, our librarian, Dustin. I mean, I have so many pieces of my students work in the library that I'll just walk down there with, with I'll just, grab a, one of my classes and we'll just haul a bunch of stuff out of my room. Cause it's not a very big room and I'm, I have stuff everywhere and he's like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. And we just, it, it, it just, it goes on shelves. It goes wherever. Um, so they have their, they have their work out there. Um, they see it, their friends see it. Um, they might, you know, not everybody knows whose it is, but it's on display. It's that final public kind of product. Um, but, um, yeah, they don't, they, they rarely, um, say you know they might ask well okay what are you gonna how are you gonna how are you gonna go through you know with, with you know like daniel with his the, the, the no grades i'm sure they asked okay but you know how are you gonna do this and when he has a, a, a way he's gonna do it and he's like okay you know they, they're very supportive of 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 different ways of thinking for and it's you know it, it is it is it's not just a saying of it's for the for the students it, they, they actually are backing that up it's, it's actually pretty funny. Like our principal now, he's actually come to me. I think it's kind of, like I said, it's infectious. 
he's actually come to me. He's like, Hey, could your guys, you know, create some art that we're going to hang up on the walls. And like, if you give me the space, we'll take it. So right now we've got, I've got student artwork, not artwork, but photographs hanging in the social studies pod in the main office. So when you first walk in, you see our students work and uh, the cafeteria, they put up wall, uh, wall wraps around there. And it was all like student photos and everything like that. And, but he came to us and he's like, I want you guys to do something for me. And I were always like, okay, we want. So it's, it's, it's kind of catching with him too. So I have a, I have a question. It's kind of a follow-up to Steve's. Um, we talked earlier about uh, the challenge for the, the more traditional academic subject areas to do this because they have these tests hanging over them. But what I'm curious about is uh, does the administration encourage teachers in that area to experiment a little bit? Because I would have to imagine it's challenging for kids to operate in your environment and then to go back to a very traditional environment. So I'm, one, I'm curious about the, the administrator's role in helping to extend agency to the more traditional academic classes. And then two, um, are you ever in a position to suggest things to your colleagues in those areas? I have to believe Alex is doing this on his own because I know he teaches U.S. history. I can't imagine him not trying to do something in this area, but other teachers who might be more rooted in the traditional, are you ever able to give them suggestions on how, on, on what they could do to increase student agency? So as far I have to go back several years when I was an English teacher and I had a tested subject. The first year was difficult as far as administration. We had a completely different administration then, but it was difficult because our test results were, were good. I mean, like, why would we change something if, you know, everything's, why, why, why will the goodwill? But after that first year and they saw the results test wise, like my kids' scores went up, even though I didn't teach to the test and, they said, okay, well, what are you doing different? And I said, well, I actually didn't teach this through them. I, I let them learn it through real hands-on stuff. And so after that first year, it was, okay, this guy can this guy can try because he's got the results. So I think after you get those results, they can kind of say, yeah, well, let, let's go ahead, and that's fine. Um, as far as helping other teachers, you know, most of the time – our teachers are pretty open to hearing something. Uh, even across the departments, we're always like, well, hey, how did you do this? Because I learned about going gradeless through one of the math teachers. He didn't go completely gradeless, but he quit grading homework. He said homework is optional. you know. And I was like, okay, optional stuff. Let me, let me talk to you about that. And so we can bounce back and ideas back and forth, even between the departments, which is really cool. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. echo a little bit of that. It's like I've had teachers – they they kind of know what we do in here. We're we're pretty we're pretty out there in my classroom sometimes, and they've seen seen and heard about some of the projects that we do, um, and they find a way um, to relate their curriculum to it. So they'll reach out and say, "Hey, can my kids mm-hmm. join in with that? Or can you help my kids with that? Or how can I integrate this with this?" Because they see their curriculum in my stuff as well from a computer science perspective, especially. 
Um, so they've, they've, I've had several reach out. Some of it's a time constriction. Some of it's a lab restriction because we have, you know, we have a large lab, but it's always, there's always students in here from whether it's what I teach or when Patrick uses my room for XR2. So some of there's, there's a little bit of a time constraint there, but as far as the opportunity, I think it's there. I think more teachers reached out than I expected. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of me wanted to be the the kind of the outlaw with this when I when I had this approach, but it's uh, it's a regular basis in which teachers reach out to us, or whether whether we actually work together or just bouncing ideas off, whether it's an email or text or whatever, um, they definitely are open to it. Uh, it's not somewhere they park per se and 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 teach their entire curriculum, but there's definitely some some instances in which they bounce things off of us, right. So we're going to have a lot of teachers listening to this who might be operating in traditional environments. Is is there anything that you could suggest to them, one small step that they could try in their class around student agency that if they're, if they're what I'm getting at is if they're interested in experimenting, what's one little thing that they could do that obviously isn't going to throw everything up in the air, but maybe just experiment with a little bit of student agency. Any ideas? I think maybe just being aware of what we actually teach. Like we just presented to a board, not a board, but like a, we ran a PD day, a professional development day not too long ago. And I, I showed one of my projects called the Makey Makey, something that I do. I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with it or not, but it, we, uh, we presented it to, I mean, they were, Daniel can clarify. I think they were history teachers and English teachers and music teachers and mm-hmm. all, all teachers across the board. And we just kind of showed, hey, this is what I do in my class. This is one example. This is not, you know, this is not, you know, the only thing, but this is one thing that we do. And this is how cross-curricular it could be. I think, and and we learned a lot because we read some science standards. Uh, I think that was one most closely related, right, especially cool. physical science. So I think just them knowing literally what we teach and know and finding out how we teach that subject. If it's something, if they see an opportunity there for us to work cross curricular, then, Hey, what do you do there? How, is there something we can do to work together? I mean, that's kind of how, that's how all our conversations get started. And when I've worked in the building with, uh, with a physical science teacher or a math teacher or um, a health teacher, whatever, like that's, that's the first thing that they've planted the seed is if you teach this or you use this, is there a, is there an opportunity for my kids to use it or for me to use it? So um, I think and they, they just have to know what we do or have to actually ask that question and stay, I mean, instead of being stuck in this lane all the time. Got it. Because we're, we're very open. I mean, we're not, we don't tell the teachers no, just like we don't tell the kids no. True. They, they ever get pressured by their kids saying, oh, you know, uh, in Mr. Clevenger's class or in Mr. Prophet or Robin's class, we're doing this. How can we never do that in your yeah. class? I sure hope so. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that. So for me, some yeah, like just general advice would be to trust your students. Um, kids get a bad rap sometimes. They're lazy or they don't want to do anything. Well, the thing is, you haven't found something they're passionate about. When you, when they're passionate about it, man, watch out. They will take off with it. And you have to have that flexibility and that that innate trust to say, okay, I see what you're doing. Let me see where you're going with it. But if I need to make some changes, we need to do that. And so just that, I just, I just love seeing like students be passionate about something and, and have that reckless abandon towards it. Because when they have that energy and when they have that drive, man, it's insane. You just step back and you're like, man, I could have never taught you that. 
So that for me, trusting your students and, and having that ability to step back and go, let me see what you can do. This is I so. Think, go, go ahead. I think so, you know yeah, we can talk about you know take having our kids step out of our comfort their comfort zone, um, and I think maybe we as teachers need to do that too. I mean, I'm obviously I'm not a very technical computer guy. I can't even get the <laughs> camera on my freaking laptop to work. <laughs> But I mean, there with Jason doing an, uh, an XR uh, Blender class. It's a 3D animating class, um, you know, and it's the artistic part that I totally understand. Um, so, you know, and, and and understanding that, you know, as a former math teacher, how much geometry there is in art in math that there is an art and all this other stuff that that's that's there you don't even think about it that's underlying all sorts of stuff and you know to connect to kids where they are if they're interested in art if they're interested in computer science and interested in photography all of those things have multiple layers of different um core subjects in there um and i think as as, as educators as teachers we kind of forget that we forget to, we get the blinders on and we, we trudge, trudge on. And I think we need to take a step back and, and not look at all, you know, look at the big picture and maybe you're looking at the big picture. I've got to get here, 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 step back from where you are and, and look at it and, and not really observe, you know, set, set your picture across the, across the room and look at it. And you'll see something different than when you see it up close. Got it. Beautiful. Steve, you had one, you had a question? Yeah. It, okay. So let, let's think about this. All right. So now you guys have been teaching for a while and you've been doing this for a little bit. And uh, um, if you had a chance to talk with a, an audience of brand new teachers um, and you're going to deliver them a message about something you wish you had known when you started teaching that you've learned now, what would that be? What would you tell them? What's something you'd want them to remember as they start off as, as a new teacher? It's okay to make mistakes. Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. And so take take a chance. It's okay. It's okay if you fail. You can pick up the pieces, and the kids will respect you more if they know you're a human and you're okay and you're taking a chance. And they they you know you, you make a mistake, you fail. Yes, they're gonna they're, they they might laugh at you. It might be, but you know what? It's okay. All of a sudden, they're gonna trust you more. Um, and you know, once you build that trust, there's, they'll 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 go through anything for you. Hmm. That's nice. I agree because you know Patrick and I are, are living examples of that. Because full disclosure, you know I'm, I, I don't I don't know everything. So when we get when we get into Blender and you know we don't tell the kids no I'll t- Blender and Unreal both. I mean I'm familiar with both. I can work decently in both. But the, when these kids take it, take their games and their concepts and their models, they take it f- much farther than we we ever have. So they they ask us questions and we're like figure it out you know i, I don't I, i've not done that yet like my my mind doesn't go there so for them then there's two goals number mm-hmm. one is to finish the project for two it's to stump the teacher like i'm gonna figure out something that that robert doesn't know or clevenger doesn't know and when they get it it's this aha moment that hey i figured it out i figured it out so it's almost like we're teaching them psychologically and physically you know that they're that they need to go and accomplish this go so um I think that's a that's a win win for us because now they're teaching us and and we can apply that as well, and uh, I think that's a big a big buy in for them. So I think that um, for me, knowing that I don't know everything and and everything is helpful, but letting the students do the work. Um, I use this analogy in my class. I say if we go to the gym together, and I'm sitting there doing all the heavy lifting, and you're watching, who's getting stronger? 
well, obviously I am and you're not. So in my class, it is, I'm stepping, I'm standing on the side watching and they're doing all the heavy lifting when they need a spotter. I'm there to, I'm there to spot them and I'm there to be their safety net or whatever. But I don't, uh, I don't force, I don't, I don't lecture, you know, we haven't, I think the most I'll talk to my class as a whole is about 15 minutes a week. And, uh, I talk to every individual student every single day. Sometimes, you know, we spend 15, 20 minutes in a conversation about their work, but they're doing the work. They're proving themselves. I've already got my degree, so I don't need, you know, more, but they, they do. And that's, that's great for me because I can then watch them grow as an individual uh, which leads to the mentality that we have in classes that we're aiming for progress and not perfection. And so they will start at the beginning, maybe not knowing anything and however far they get, that's how far they get. And that's great for me. Got it. This is awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. Guys, um, uh, I'll include and see, we'll do this also. We'll include some information on, on the high school so that uh, listeners can uh, can dig in a little bit. Uh, one one final question. We're going to do a quick round robin, if you will, and that is, uh, we always ask this at the end of our podcast. Uh, what are you curious about? And it can be about teaching. It can be about anything. What are you curious about? I love creating anything. So if I'm cooking, or if I'm doing photography, if I'm doing woodworking, uh, I've tried to pick up a guitar and and, and play it, but you know. I'm no musical ability whatsoever, but if I can build something, make something like, like when I took Patrick's class, I was like, I just want to try this, see what's happening. Cause I can create something for me. I'm always curious about not only the why of things, but how, how can I achieve this? So anything I can create is awesome. Yeah. I can echo that. Like for me, you know, I'm, I've dabbled in a little bit of everything. I, I think, I think, if I make it through this month, this is my longest career ever. So I think I finally want to be, know what I want to be when I grow up. So I've, I've done various things and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied by any means, but yet I'm still on the side, you know, I have my own, I do some woodworking on the side and I want to figure out how this works. And when kids show me something, I want, I want to be able to do that too. Um, and I, I think just being transparent with those kids and, and, and showing that, that I'm curious that I'm, I've done this or I find ways I can apply that. Um, I think that piques their curiosity because it's just, it's just a normal, you know, we're not in our classrooms. We're, we're sometimes facilitators versus teachers. You know, uh, we have a lot of the same attributes among the three of us. We'll greet the kids. We'll speak to them. We'll compliment them on their work. We'll offer advice, but we're, we're not the, the stand at the, at the board and say, all right, click here, do this, click here, do this, click here, do this. Because I, it's not that they get that everywhere they go, but it's, it's, it's being real with them. And when they create something we have vast area of, of backgrounds and experiences where we can apply that. And if we don't have a way to directly, we'll find that way. And I think that's my curious, like, all right, so if you want to do this, here's where that's going to apply. And if I don't have a direct route, then I'll, I'll figure one out. So to, to justify what they're doing. Got it. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I tell my kids, you know, um, I kind of have to create and, and be, you know, that's, that's, if I, if I'm not, I become very anxious and, 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 um, I'd, I'd twitch and I'd, I'm always doing something. Um, I do pretty much anything. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't do anything that's not using my hands, fixing a problem, um, whatever it is. And I'm not 
gonna really sleep until I figure it out. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've like, I'm like Jason, I've had, I've done lots of things, um, uh, over my life and, uh, you know, I, I feel like everything's, everything's an adventure, um, you know, uh, willing to take a chance and, and just, just, you know, figure it out. There's no, there's no playbook for any, there's no blueprint or anything else. It's, you know, I, I, you know, let's, instead of buying something already made, let's make a plan and, and, and make it myself. Um, you know, uh, built my daughter's a playhouse um, working on building an art studio. I, it's, 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 it, it, it's, it's just, it's his compulsion. Um, maybe it's not, is it a good one? I don't know. My wife might not think that so much because there's stuff everywhere, but I do have that. It's, it's, I don't have a choice. Right. Maybe you'll get the camera figured out, Patrick. Maybe. I don't know. I'll take it to Jason and it probably needs, I don't know. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Um, thank you for, for being on with us at the end of a long day for you. And uh, it's, it's been incredibly energizing for me. I love to hear what you're doing with the kids and especially love to, to hear the impact that it has on you. And um, I can see that it's nourishing you uh, to teach in a different way. Steve, any, any closing thoughts? Oh, I just got to echo that. It's just, it's cool to hear the energy coming from you guys and the, and the, you know, the autonomy that you're inspiring in the kids, but also within yourselves. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just cool to, I, 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 I sense the magic, man. And it's awesome. All all the best to you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having us on. We appreciate your time. Yes. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.